Welcome back. This is Survived with Sophie and Lexi. We started telling our survived story in college and we're moving on to bring you guys more through many different topics. How was everyone's weekend? I hope everyone had a good weekend. I think, yeah, it was good. I went out on the boat and I got sunburned. So that was good. Nice. How was your weekend? It was good. I had some friends over and they visited our town. So it was nice. Our town? Mm hmm. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny if you guys actually owned a town. Like, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our town. I don't know. All right, never mind. That was goofy. <laughs> um. Anyways, sorry guys. This might we're just doing a lot of giggling in the beginning of this episode, apparently. Yes. Um. But we're gonna kind of take an educational spin, and we are going to talk about Miranda rights and how. They came about. Yes. Because I feel like everyone has heard about Miranda rights or, you know, when somebody gets arrested and they say, like, you know, don't speak or things like that. Yeah. Sophie, do you have the Miranda rights memorized? I did at one point because I actually had to learn all of this history and have them, like, memorized in school. But, you know, that was a couple years ago. (laughs) So, I believe it is the right to remain silent. Um, You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed to you. There's more. Those are the only ones coming to my mind right now. So that's why we need a little refresher today, right? Yeah, a little refresher. Yeah. And the story about how this even came about. Yeah, because it's actually kind of interesting, actually. this These weren't around forever. Mm-mm. So, Lexi, would you like to start off with telling us how the Miranda rights were developed? Sure. So, what led this entire... What led... So, usually I feel like... Because we talked about Amber Alert, so that's named after a girl named Amber. Um, But this one is named after Ernest Miranda, who was... Born on March 9th, 1941. So, to kind of start right at the beginning, Miranda began getting into trouble when he was in grade school. Shortly after his mother passed away, his father had remarried, and Miranda and his father didn't get along very well at all, and now his father was the only caretaker he really had. He tended to keep his distance from his brothers and his stepmother, Um, His first criminal conviction, actually, was during eighth grade. 
And the following year, he was convicted of burglary and was sentenced to reform school. Hmm. That's actually kind of interesting. Yeah, I never, I mean, I figured in like 1941. So jump, uh, we're going to jump up to 1956, about a month after his release from the reform school, Arizona State Industrial School for Boys. Um, he ran crazy. He was doing crazy things. He <laughs> was then, he had to go back to Arizona State because he kept doing crazy things that are not legal. Upon his second release from the reform school, he was relocated to Los Angeles, California, and within months of his arrival in L.A., Miranda was arrested on the suspicion of an armed robbery and some sex offenses. But after two and a half years in custody, the 18-year-old was extradited back to Arizona. You know what is crazy? The fact that he went to a reform school instead of, like, a prison or something else you know it was like oh you're doing bad things go to this school to teach you how to be right instead kind of like a rehabilitation school almost yeah it's almost like um like I don't know I I'm trying to find the correct word to say this because I don't really know um is it like the term when people say, well, I'm going to ship you off to boarding school? Kind of, yeah, something like that. But, like, you would think that they would just go to juvie. I don't know if, like, you can still go to a reform school. Obviously, it didn't really work out very well because every time he came out, he yeah, obviously caused some trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but... For the next couple years, he kept out of prison, working at various types of jobs. He had a hard time keeping jobs. Um, He became a laborer on a night shift in Phoenix, um, which was at a produce company. And this was where he started living with Twyla Hoffman, a 29-year-old mother of a boy and a girl that were not from him. Like, he was just kind of the stepdad, um... But she could not obtain a divorce from him. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I. That's got to be a hard time. Yeah. So, this will kind of bring us to March 13th, 1963. Miranda's truck was spotted and license plates recognized by the brother of 18-year-old kidnapping and rape victim, Lois Ann Jameson. I almost said Jameson, but it's Jameson. The victim had given the brother a description. With this description of the car and partial license plate number, the Phoenix Police Department officers, Carol Cooley and Wilfred Young, Wilfred. You never hear that name anymore. That's crazy. That's (laughs) the name of my little stuffed cow in my car. Is Wilfred. Cute. 
It's like a little squishy thingy. One of my farmers for work gave it to me because that's what he gives to kindergartners. Aww. On tours. I was dairy. But anyways, sorry guys. I got a little <laughs> distracted because you were like, I don't hear Wilfred. And I was like, wait a minute. I, I need my little thing of her bob that's shaped like a cow Wilfred. Cute. But anyway, so the officers, Carol Cooley and Wilfred Young, confronted Miranda who voluntarily accompanied them to the police station and participated in a police lineup. At the time, Miranda was a person of interest, but not formally in custody. So it seems like a couple times he's kind of bobbed and weaved his way out of convictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been going back and forth. I think he just has done more like petty crimes than actual serious crimes. Yeah. So, at the lineup part, oh my gosh, this is getting crazy. When Miranda asked how he did, the police implied that he was positively identified, which that means that the victim, they stand all in the line, they're all numbered, and the victim stands behind the one-way glass, though the suspects can't see the victim but then the victim can see all the suspects and then they point to a number and then they say, that's the guy I think it is. And that means positively identified. He was the man. And then at which point he was placed under arrest and brought into an interrogation room. After two hours of interrogation, some of which regarded another offense for which Miranda was separately tried and convicted, Miranda hand-wrote a confession to the kidnapping and rape of Jameson. At the top of each sheet was the printed certification that, quote, this statement has been made voluntarily and of my own free will with no threats coercion or promises of immunity and with full knowledge of my legal rights understanding any statement i make can and will be used against me unquote unquote after confessing to the officers miranda was brought to meet the victim for a positive voice identification asked by officers in her presence whether this was the victim he said, that's the girl. The victim stated that the sound of Miranda's voice matched the that of the culprit. Ooh. Getting interesting in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe they had not only, like, a lineup to positively match, like, the face – but they did a voice identification as well. I didn't know they, like, did that much back in those days. Like, I don't mean to be mean, but I just kind of thought, like, they had sloppy, uh, like, police work back in those days. (laughs) I guess we weren't around, so we have, we'd really don't know. We were nowhere close to being put on this earth by the time <laughs> 1965 rolled around. Um, but anyways, despite the printed statement on the top of the sheet that Miranda used to write his so forth confession, 
with full knowledge of his legal rights, he was not informed of his right to an attorney and or of his right to remain silent when he was arrested or before he was interrogated. So 73-year-old Alvin Moore was assigned to represent him at his trial. His trial conducted in the middle of June of 1963 in County Superior Court Judge Yale McFate was um, objected to entering the confession by Miranda as evidence during the trial, but was overruled. So his lawyer or his attorney wanted to get the confession out of the trial, but they threw it out the window. They said, nope, it's in here. It's evidence, um, mostly because of the confession convict um, consisted of Miranda was saying that he raped and kidnapped a this girl in this confession letter and he was sentenced to 20 to 30 years in prison on both charges um and more tried to appeal the arizona supreme court but the conviction has been upheld yeah i think they were trying to okay and i'm, I'm just gonna stop talking because I'm going to spoil it. <laughs> Never mind. I'm just going to stop talking and keep talking about the story. Okay. Oh. So, where did it come out? You guys all might know if you listened in school, a famous court case is called Miranda v. Arizona. Um, in November of 1965, the Supreme Court agreed to hear Miranda's case. Miranda v. Arizona, along with three other similar cases to clear all con- confusion created by the decision in es- Escrobido v. Illinois. That previous case had ruled that, under the circumstances of this case, where a police investigation is no longer a general inquiry into an unsolved crime but has begun to focus on a particular suspect in police custody, who has been refused an opportunity to consult his counsel and who has not been warned of his constitutional right to keep silent, the, the accused has been denied the assistance of counsel in violation of the 6th and 14th Amendments and no statement extracted by the police during the interrogation may be used against him at trial. And there is another court case called Cooker v. California, 357 U.S. 433, and Sintra, Sinentra v. Legay, 357 U.S. 504, discussed, and to the extent that they may be inconsistent with the instant case that they are not controlling. Basically, that is all mumbo-jumbo stuff for all you people who don't like court words. (laughs) Um, Saying that they have to be notified of their constitutional rights to keep silent and offered counsel before they say anything that would 
hurt their own um, trial or sentencing in the future. Yeah, so, yeah, that I'm happy that they like kind of fixed this in a way. Mm-hmm. But so in January of 1966, Flynn and Frank submitted their argument stating that Miranda's Sixth Amendment right had been violated to from the police department of Phoenix. So two weeks later, they had responded by asserting that Miranda's rights had that his rights had not been violated. The first day of the case was on the last day of February of 1966. And because of the three companion cases and other information, the case had a second oral trial on March 1st of 1966. So John Flynn, um, for Miranda, outlined the case that then stated... Miranda had not been advised of any of his rights to remain silent when he was arrested and questioned. Adding the Fifth Amendment argument to his case, Flynn contended that an emotionally disturbed man like Miranda, who had limited education, should not be expected to know his fifth right um, of non-incrimination of himself. Mm -hmm. Some people honestly have no idea. I mean, how are you supposed to know if no one ever tells you? And I feel like the general public knows the basic amendments, like your freedom of speech, the right to bear arms, and your right to remain silent, you know, when you're being arrested. However, there's so many more um, that people just have no idea about. I would say look up your amendments and know them. I, at one point, had them all memorized. I don't anymore. (laughs) But, yeah. I'm not going to lie. My favorite one is the right to bear arms because the only thing that pops into my head is bears just, like, wiggling their arms. (laughs) Like, just wiggling their arms. Like, not even the actual, like, purpose. Like, it's about guns, obviously. But it's just, like, in my head, it's just a bear, like, wiggling its arms back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, bears do have the right to have arms arms. (laughs) yeah i always think of like an actual animal bear as well (laughs) yeah it's just so funny because it's like the right to bear arms okay i don't know anyways all right so where did we leave leave off here so gary nelson spoke for the people of arizona arguing that this was not a Fifth Amendment issue, but just an attempt to expand the Sixth Amendment escrobido. Oh my gosh, am I saying that right? I don't know. Decision. He urged the justices to clarify their position, but not to push the limits of escrobido too far. Then he told the court that forcing police to advise suspects of their rights would seriously obstruct public safety. The second day concerns the arguments from related cases. Thurgo Marshall, the former NAACP attorney, was the last to argue. In his capacity as the general 
he presented the Johnson administration's view of the case, that the government did not have the resources to appoint a lawyer for every person who was accused of a crime. So Justice or Chief Justice Earl Warren wrote the option in Miranda v. Arizona. The decision was in the favor of Miranda. It stated that you have the right to remain silent. If you give up that right to remain silent, anything you say and can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney and to have an attorney present during questioning. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided to you at no cost. During any questioning, you may decide at any time to exercise these rights, not to answer any questions or make any statements. Do you understand these rights as I have read them to you? So that is your Miranda rights basically right there. Oop, oop, and boop. They yep. ranked those out. They said, the mm-hmm. only part that I honestly couldn't think of was during any questioning, you may decide at any time to exercise these rights. You know, they say that in 21 Jump Street like a hundred times too. <laughs> so if you've ever seen that movie, any listeners out there that seen the movie 21 Jump Street, they say, because they're like cops that are undercover and every, when they, like, get a guy, finally they're yelling the Miranda rights at them because one time they forgot to read the rights. And, you know, their police chief was like, well, now we can't get him because he didn't read the rights to him. So I just thought that was funny. Hmm. Right. If you haven't seen it, Lexi, you should watch it. I Yeah, I haven't seen it. I... What? Watch the movie. Okay. I can watch the movie. I will <laughs> add it to my movie list because I was just thinking the other night. I'm like, what movie should I watch? Yeah, definitely um, watch it. Yeah. I will. I need to do that. Um. So after, what happened after the Miranda rights to Miranda? The Supreme Court um, invalidated Miranda's uh, conviction, which was tainted by the use of the confession that had been obtained through improper interrogation. The state of Arizona retried him, and at the second trial, his confession was not introduced into evidence, but he was convicted again on March 1st of 1967 based on a testimony given by his estranged common-law wife. And... He was sentenced to 20 to 30 years in prison again. So, wow. (laughs) Jumping forward. (laughs) Um, He was paroled in 1972. After his release, he started uh, selling autograph Miranda warning cards for $1.50. Over the next few years, he was arrested numerous times for minor driving offenses, and he eventually lost his license. He was arrested for the possession of a gun, because remember, you cannot own a gun when you have felony charges. You don't have the right to bear arms. No. If you've got felony charges. (laughs) Or if you're on parole. little player just waving his hands around. Yeah. 
Oh, goodness. Um, we should make a t-shirt out of that. Put a little bear waving its hands around and say, do you have the right to bear arms? <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, um, he was arrested for the possession of a gun, and it was obviously dropped. Okay, so we went through that. Sorry, guys. Um, however, because this violated his parole, he was sent back to Arizona prison for another year. Wow. He's just going back and forth. He's just not... He's just... Trouble must just follow him or something. Yeah. So, on January 31st, 1976, after his release for violating his parole, a fight broke out in a bar downtown Phoenix in which Miranda was stabbed. He was pronounced dead. Which is crazy. On arrival at the Banner Good Samaritan Medical Center. Several Miranda cards were found on his person. Miranda was buried in the city of Mesa Cemetery in Mesa, Arizona. The person suspected of handling the knife to the man who murdered Miranda invoked his Miranda rights and refused to talk to the police. <laughs> Uno reverse on that. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine that being the one to create these rights and then the guy who takes, like, who kills you uses that so he doesn't get caught? Oh my gosh. And so the suspect who was supposed of the one who was carrying the knife. He was released and was not charged with Miranda's murder. The man suspected of murdering Miranda was a 23-year-old Ezekiel Marrero Perez, was formally charged with murder on February 4th, 1976. However, he has never been apprehended at all, and he fled to Mexico following the murder of Miranda. And he still has not been found. He probably never will be found. (laughs) And it is unknown if Perez is still alive, but he is believed to have, you know, still be in Mexico currently. You know, I totally forgot that happened. That was definitely a huge reverse card on that whole situation there. He said, yeah, I don't really know what I was going to say about that. Something. I was going to say something, but I don't know what I was going to say. Something. Um, It's really interesting to see about and, like, listen to these cases because the entire case itself, they still – Part of me thinks, like, he just didn't do this and that they forced him to write it down on a piece of paper and then he just had to, like, hover it, hover it over his head because, I don't know, like, if you look at his criminal history, it's all, like, burglaries. Mm -hmm. It, It could be a situation where he didn't do that and, like, the kidnapping and everything 
And then he was kind of forced during interrogation to confess onto something he didn't actually do. And then this is where it came to right now, but could also be a fact where not everything that comes into history is something that starts with a good guy because obviously he's been in and out of prisons. He's had multiple charges, multiple trip ups with the law (laughs) throughout his entire life. But, you know, something that is very, it's a pillar in the whole criminal justice system, Miranda rights. And it was created from that. So that's crazy, too. It's, I know, I just think that's just amazing how we've used it this long, too. And it just seems to work. Like, it's stuck and it seems to work and it, it's doing a great job, I like mm-hmm. to say. Because everyone is fair in that kind of sense with it when you utilize your man- Miranda rights. Um, so... Yeah. Yeah. If anyone has a funny or crazy Miranda rights story, let us know. Yeah, let us know if you've ever utilized your Miranda rights. I don't (laughs) think either of us have, but no. (laughs) (laughs) No. We don't really we haven't caused any issues. Mm -hmm. At least I don't think so far. Anyways. Yeah. Also, we also do want to thank all of our listeners for participating in our giveaway this last week. I know we announced our winner on the past episode, but I still just want to do a big thank you. Say thanks for entering. Thanks for following us. And thank you for listening. We wouldn't be doing this without you guys. Nope. We uh, continue really appreciating your support. And um, every single person that just keeps listening to us, (laughs) I appreciate you. That's all I really have to say. Um, Yeah, that's about it. I kind of got emotional there for a second. Um, (laughs) And I also want to say thank you for sending in stories, too. I know we've got a couple that we've got, and it's not that we're not telling them right away. We just have to prepare them really well and we're saving yes. them for special days so because you... there is one story that we that we're working on and it's in the state of wisconsin and it's it's really messy like it's a very messy case and this case is going to take us a while to research because right now i think it's so recent that it's kind of hard to figure out where the story is um and because i think it's more of just it's just a very messy story and i'm having a really hard time picking it out like trying to say what i'm trying to say but um it's been requested by a listener and it's gonna just take some time to research just with the amount of information and no information if that makes sense at the same time just because it's so new Mm -hmm. um we just want to make sure we execute that case very properly but yes 
And we always, we do have like a schedule and a plan. So don't worry if you don't hear it like right away. We don't forget about our listeners at all. Nope. <laughs> we we put it into the plan. <laughs> because we got you guys. Yes. All right. As always, send in cases, stories, anything you'd like to hear from us. Follow our Instagram and our Facebook account. Please like and um, subscribe and share and do whatever you guys have to do that you do with your little thumbs on your keyboard. (laughs) And... We hope you guys keep listening here, and I hope you guys have a good weekend, and you guys all stay safe, and beat the heat. I know it's been hot lately where I've been. Hotter than, I can't say that on here, Um, hotter than burning your finger on the stove. (laughs) That didn't really make sense, but whatever. Alrighty. All right, and this has been Survived with Sophie and Lexi. Bye. Goodbye.